<laughs> so, welcome, and we are live, Kathy. Um, so we're Kathy and Raina, and we are a mother-daughter duo. Had a little bit of trouble with that word earlier, and we're just gonna share kind of the behind-the-scenes access to our conversations that we have um, wherever they lead us, because they lead us many places. We got no sense of direction, and I hope you have a coffee. Or I do. Good. Or for those of you who will be watching, I hope you have a glass of wine, maybe if it's later in the day. No judgment here. Uh, this is my <laughs> second cup, and mine too. Raina and I have talked a little bit, just a prelim. We didn't actually talk about what we were going to talk about, just what the topic was, because um, yeah. we like to just shoot from the hip. But I can get really ramped up when I have too much coffee. Right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, I'm trying to be like zen. So today our topic is like about hiding our feelings, like hiding our feelings in turn which uh, creates us to, to, to make ourselves fit in. Like, yeah, it's just that, that weird thing. So hiding your feelings in turn, making yourself fit in. Discuss. Yeah, discuss amongst yourselves, which means mm -hmm. us. Like, when so, does it start? Yeah, and I mean, basically, this came up because yesterday, you know, we were supposed to have a chat like this, just the two of us. Pre-lunch. And I was like, you know what? Like, I can't today. My oldest came home and he was, you know, a bit out of sorts, feeling some feels. And I, it just got me thinking. And I'm always thinking about this stuff, um, probably overthinking. But I, it got me thinking about, you know, how challenging it can be for children to navigate that world inside schools, inside community with their peers, and how we're, we are taught at such a young age to put masks on and to not actually say what we're thinking, to go with the crowd and just not make waves, just fit in. So you can, you know, survive um, that period of time. And it got me thinking about how there, I think there's just like a lot of fear in our culture about actually being who we inherently are yeah. and it makes me sad I wish that it was one of those things where you just like flip a switch and people are like okay forget that noise like let's just be ourselves and like try this out for a while be authentically you <laughs> yeah and even now I think there is a big turn towards going that way we've come so far in now we openly talk about mental health and about self-care and about you know being authentic and being who you are and one of our favorite speakers and authors and researchers Brene Brown has groundbreaking research like actual studies done um, having mm. conversations with thousands and thousands of people to get this data that show us that connection and vulnerability and belonging are like the anchors to survival for us as human beings. Like just right. if you strip it down to nothing, yeah. totally. that's what it is. Um, and I, I actually have a quote from Brene. Yes, 
And this is what it says. It says, because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. And, you know, uh, I think about this, I mean, this conversation, like when you talked about what happened with your oldest, I was like, man, that's our, that's what we should talk about tomorrow. Is like, when did we learn to stuff our feelings down? And, um, you know, I, I think about it and it's like, okay, at this age, I'm almost 60. And I, my give up, my give up factor is at an all time low. And, and that doesn't mean like about myself. Like, it's like, you know what? I'm going to be who I am. Uh, and whether or not it pleases another person, that person's not obviously supposed to be in, in my, my little community. Um, and they can carry on. But I know in, but I have to, I'm still unlearning all the things and the yeah. coping mechanisms that I learned to fit in. Like, it's like, how the flip do you shut that down? And with children, we as their parents and society are like, you know, if they're upset about something, like the three-year-old is my favorite because their feelings, they just put them out there, their demands, this is who I am. And you can think and go, that's not a, like, that's kind of a, I don't know if I like that person. <laughs> And you're like, wow, she's demanding or wow, he really thinks he like he deserves everything. And they're just so themselves. And we as their parents, society or whatever, go, no, 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 no. You know what? You can't behave like that. Oh, you, yeah. you need to be this way. You need it's to be that way. Um, and they learn that they can't be a certain way. And another author that we really, really like is Glennon Doyle. And I'm just going to read something from her book and then you can take it away, Raina. So it says, because I, I, I was trying to figure out like, when do we learn to not be ourselves? And there's so many things about how little boys are supposed to be and little girls are supposed to be by societal mm -hmm. terms. And the reason we as parents, and I'm going to say parents, because that's what I am, is we hear our children and we empathize, but we want to, we don't want them to hurt. We don't want them to feel bad. So we, we, they're there. We give them coping mechanisms to shove that feeling down. Where I've learned as an adult, an old lady, that if I could have just let you feel your feelings, you wouldn't be carrying this crap 20, 30 years later. Yeah. But anyway, so 10 is when the world sat me down and told me to be quiet and pointed me toward my cages. These are feelings you're allowed to express. This is how a woman should act. This is the body you must strive for. These are the things you will believe. These are the people you can love. Those are the people you should fear. This is the kind of life you are supposed to want. Make yourself fit. You'll be uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Eventually, you'll forget you're caged. Soon, this will just feel like life. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I, I think, you know, at 10, there's probably that awareness there, but it starts way before that. Yes. And, you know, it just to get a little sciency on you, like in children's brain development, 
you know, we were talking about this earlier, kids having temper tantrums in inappropriate places or meltdowns or emotional outbursts. Mm -hmm. Like their prefrontal cortex, the the part of the brain that's responsible for, you know, You're going all do Dr. Jody on me right now. But just just listen, it's interesting and it matters yeah. because so many, uh, we were talking about how we have these expectations of our children to act like these little adults, yeah. but their brain doesn't have the same centers in it yet for reasoning, for, you know, planning, for memory, for, you know, putting, putting pieces of the puzzle together and understanding proper behavior. They're full on running on emotion. That's yeah. what's developing in them all the way. Like their prefrontal cortex doesn't even start to have a growth spurt between five and eight. And we have these expectations of our kids and pairing that with what you said earlier about, you know, protecting our children from feeling the feelings that we label as good or bad. Yeah. So bad feelings, anything to do with discomfort, especially if it makes both parties uncomfortable. If it makes the parent uncomfortable yeah. and it makes the child uncomfortable and you're sitting in these uncomfortable feelings and they're labeled as bad, you want to get those out of the way as soon as possible because we're taught that we're supposed to be sustaining happiness long-term without any bumps in the road or we're doing something wrong. And that's just so unrealistic and it sets us all up to fail. It sets us all up to really root ourselves in that seed of unworthiness that gets planted mm. at an early age that I feel this way, but society is telling me it's this way, so I must be wrong. And yeah. we get that feedback and we're smart creatures. So we learn, we adapt, we mask, we hide, and then we become what we think we're supposed to be. And then we get so tired. So when you get to be a certain age, you start peeling back all these different things you put on, which leads me to my quote, because in my yeah. training, I, I got to watch this incredible documentary that I think for a lot of people who who might watch it and go, oh God, this is so woo woo and out there and crazy, but it's really not if you listen and are open. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Ram Das, but he was in he was a Harvard professor that was Ooh, studying yes. psychedelics, right? So there's that whole thing, and then he went on this incredible journey of you know trying to become enlightened and he has the most warm humor about it um and isn't the egotistical spiritual guru that you would picture right. and the way that he explained this just really stuck with me he said in most of our human relationships we spend much of our time reassuring each other that our costumes of identity are on straight. And like, if that, like that just simplifies it to like something everybody I think can relate to is in our, all of our relationships, whether they're friendships, their family, their loves, all of it, we just want to make sure we're wearing our costumes of identity right. 
And you see that now in the world with how we're talking about now gender being a social construct and boys and girls being told that they're this way and so many of us not feeling we fit that box yeah and the conversations have started and the people are starting to really i think like we said get so tired well totally when you were talking i was thinking about like that costume i love that analogy that's like and and we will put our quotes up we'll 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 have little boxes and put those up for everybody but um Yeah. yeah i I, I think about, um, yeah, just like being uncomfortable and, and mostly like with a child when a child is having a temper tantrum. And I can remember being a mother of three little girls, uh, be shopping and um, having someone completely lose it. And I, I actually remember, remember walking through, it was Christmas time and pulling you guys out of like dragging. I must, I probably was carrying two and dragging one um, out of the, uh, the mall. And I was like, livid. I, I, cause I couldn't control the situation. And right. I'm like, and you were probably, probably right up there in fight or flight too. I probably wasn't saying much that was good, Yeah. but we were getting out of there. We were getting the heck out of Dodge and this man, and I think he was sad. <laughs> <laughs> looked at me and he said oh merry christmas and i'm like you like you don't even know pal and i had no there was no i was having a full-blown as well as one of my children full-blown temper tantrum because i was like why are you listening to me and in that moment like now when i'm thinking about it it was like i that child, which wasn't in a place where I could just go, what, what's going on, baby? Like, what do you need? Yeah. It was like, you can't be like this right here because. Shut and it down. The man, the man was saying to me, you can't be like this. This the is Christmas Santa time. is uncomfortable. <laughs> so we need, like, children and adults just need, need to be heard. Yeah, And in that, like, because like you think that, that, that feeling you're having, and I mean, I don't know what happened with your oldest yesterday, but it, you made time and you sat and you listened to him. And I think that in that, what you did was you gave him safety, you gave him peace. And in that, you didn't have all the solutions. It was just, you were being the heart with ears. Yeah. And you were listening to him and you were allowing him to maneuver through his feelings, which in turn, I think, gives him strength to to be able to deal with them. Um, yeah. Is it going to be perfect? Is he going to run into it again? 100 yeah. percent. And I just I think like we as people need to listen to one another and actually not have a, a response forming in our head listen to the conversation. I might not agree with you. Like we come at this, like I'm your mom, you're my daughter. We are really good friends. Yet our journey is very different. Uh, We have a lot of similarities, but you, our faith walk is different. I'm a full blown God fearing woman. You're more universe you're you we're different we come at it but i love to hear your perspective i always learn something from you just because we might have a different thought process on the great beyond 
the one, whatever it is, I'm okay. Like, I want to hear what you have to say. Your perspective matters to me because I learn. Yeah. I don't have to change you. No. I have to fight for my opinion. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, we were never taught how to just hold space. And I know that term gets thrown around so much these days, like, oh, I'm holding space for you. Or, you know, especially in the spiritual community of love and light and all the, the rest. And, you know, I mean, no disrespect, but a lot of the times people coin the phrases and they know the words and they know the terms and they know how to sound a certain God. way. And again, it's just another mask. Um, but we have never really learned and how to sit and hold space. And I talked to, to my husband about this a ton is, and I think that it's ingrained in, in men more so than women to be a fixer to, you got to just fix the problem. You find a solution, you fix it. And Jay and I have been together for 18 years and I, I know, and it, it's still, we still have to have the conversation when I tell him my deepest, darkest, my feelings, how even like the dark feelings I have, um, he gets so uncomfortable, of course, and immediately he comes up with this game plan for me because he just wants to fix it for me. And it's, that's a beautiful thing. That just shows you his heart and I love him for it. And every time I end up turning to him and saying, you don't need to fix this. I just need you to sit with me in this. And, and, and the same thing happened with Mason, even for me, when I'm telling Jay, being all wise and saying, like, I don't need you to fix this. Just sit, sit in the suck with me in this moment and yeah. just be there for me. Um, with Mason, when he was telling me what was going on with him, it, I felt my chest tighten, my palms get sweaty, um i was so uncomfortable and all i wanted to do was take that away from him take that pain away from him and just fix it Mm -hmm. and instead i consciously had to stop myself from doing that and just allow him to really feel bad about it and have a safe space to feel bad about it without me saying like no no don't like stop crying don't do that just think about something else. Here, have a cookie. You know, like whatever it is. What, Raina? <laughs> what? Isn't that? Okay, whatever that was, it is. That was my child rearing. That you is, what? I mean, peanut butter I cookies. I think it's a lot of people's. And I, do, I find myself doing that to my kids too. I'm not perfect. It's just recognizing that, right? And so, yeah, this whole situation and I'm definitely working on it and I'm not awesome at it I don't like being uncomfortable no. I don't like sitting with my feelings well I'm a I runner think, man I think in that like as children I'm not what, physically and... a runner but <laughs> I avoid running at all costs yeah, you run to or you run away from and I like the fight or flight but I remember um like you think about we teach children as parents Enneagram stuff shifts gears to avoid pain i'm a two and a three what are you Raina? i you know what again this i have such a hard time with it because i don't like being labeled as something so i <laughs> resist it. 
I won't take okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Okay, so um, as as parents or what as as a parent, what I would do is I use the the, the coping mechanisms that I had learned to deal with pain, with hurt, with frustration, um, and uncomfortableness. I use those to calm my children. I mean, I was, I'm a great baker. I make a good cookie. And, uh, you know, it was like, here, this will bring you happiness. Instead of, not that I didn't listen to you, not that I didn't hug you, but I didn't have the tools. And I think the really important thing that we have to do with our children in order to, to create, have them, not create, we're not creating, we already created them, but in order to give them the tools to deal with life and the pain and the ups and downs of it is just to sit and actually listen to them. Because in that, we're giving them the ability to, you know how we say to men, like, just listen to me. You don't have to fix it. It's you're talking it out. Now, you yeah, can have a conversation. You can have, yeah, you can have that conversation. And then the other person can say, okay, do, do you want my two cents? And as a parent, you're going to give your two cents. Like you're, you can't just sit back and not say anything. You, you want to in, engage in your, and in, in, you want to give them the wisdom that you've learned. Um, but you don't want to create a, um, a coping mechanism to not deal with the feelings because there's a generation of us that were taught at a very well, young age. To and, not deal with them, to shove it down. And yeah. I've been in therapy learning about that. Like, yeah. oh. Well, and when, when ping, I had a ping. ping had a ping. ping, go. So one thing that I've been thinking a lot about with my own kids in, you know, thinking so much about, I always envision like this cord where we're plugged into our true self, our center, who we are our intuition, our inner knowing, that wisdom we do have. And that cord kind of gets pulled apart or unravels or frays or completely disconnects. And we seek outside of ourselves for everyone else to tell us what to do. Because one, that trust is broken or there's just not a good enough connection and we don't know or we've been through so much trauma, this, that, and the other thing that we have so much self-doubt and we just don't trust ourselves that 100%. in order to build that, sometimes I wonder, you know, when we sit with our kids and I'm still a pretty new parent, I'm on year nine with my oldest and I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but if we sit with them and before offering our two cents after listening, what if we ask, what do you think mm-hmm. you should do? What do you think? What do you feel is the right thing for you? And even if it's not what we would choose, can we maybe allow within reason, obviously? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, as long as no harm, like all this stuff, like within yeah. reason, can we allow for them to tap into that part of themselves because I as cheesy as it sounds I really do believe in every thing that I've done and all the trainings and all the different things that I've searched through and done it always 
like your intuition is your superpower. It will not steer you wrong. Right. Even if something bad happens, even if it feels like a mistake or a failure, that's what you signed up for in this life. That's your lesson. That's your curriculum. That's what you need to learn. Okay. And we get, it's almost just like we forget ourselves. We forget ourselves as an option to be because like, wait a minute, I can ask myself. Yeah. I can trust that message coming through in my gut that tells me this is the right choice for me. Even if my parents or my whoever. Husband, whatever, friend. Uh, I know it's interesting because I just had that conversation with uh, your dad yesterday. I was like, we, were, we actually had a really good conversation. He said, wait, this conversation was scheduled for tomorrow. And I'm like, well, we ended up being in the vehicle. So yeah. we're going to have this conversation. And it was actually really, really good. And your father has been a man who used to fix, try to fix my issues. Um, and he learned, he's the one who brought it to my attention that he really wanted to listen without a formulated answer, a solution. He learned after a long time. But anyway, I can't even really remember what the topic was, but I was saying it, it was about doing something. And I'm a doer and I like to be involved. Um, but I said, you know, I just, I still don't trust myself. And I'm, I'm going to be 60 yeah. because I have run fitting in and doing all the things that make sure that everyone else is okay and that everyone else is happy and the peace is kept that I'm like any feeling that I had, well, this isn't right. Like I shouldn't be doing this, but okay. It's going to make everyone else happy. Yeah. I shoved it down. So right now I, like I said to you, I'm trying to unlearn all the things I learned to fit. And that's going to take time. And you just, oh, you yeah. just really want to teach your children, please don't, don't do what I did. And, you know, um, we could go on forever about this topic and it is, it is so relevant. Um, but I think that the more a child feels like heard, the better they become at hearing, like yeah. at hearing other people and understanding and making sense of their own feelings and, just being able to cope and not have to do something to shove it down. And um, I'm so grateful uh, for many people in my life. And number one, I want to say to you, thank you so much, because we're, we're going to get into, before we end this, um, I, I, I went and, and took the grief recovery method um, because a few people had mentioned it to me, but you were, were doing it. And I've actually become a grief, an advanced grief recovery specialist because it changed my life. Um, but in that, um, I just, you said to me, mom, this was like last year or maybe the year before you sat. And we always had these deep, we've always had these deep conversations. You're like, mom, what about your inner child? And I looked at you and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I was like this because mm -hmm. I was so, so uncomfortable. I, well, I know I was so boxed in to, I'm a very emotional person, but never knew how to deal with my feelings. And I'm still doing that. And I looked at you and I'm like, girl, my inner child is dead. And you're like, no, no, she's not. Mom, yeah. she's not. And I'm like, okay. 
So I'm learning to appreciate her and think, oh my gosh, that little girl, you know, whatever, she's part of who I am. Um, and she's had to put up with a lot. And it was just an interesting perspective because you being a young woman who is very much on a path of learning and discovering and just broadening your, your knowledge of the world and people and feelings and just the whys. Well, you have, you've given me the freedom to do the same thing and I'm enjoying this journey. So I just want to thank you. And uh, I'm like, we're going to, we're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there, but we're also going to say, what, what uh, cute little kimono are you wearing? You're oh, wearing yes. So, um, oh, I don't know. We want to do shout outs to little businesses in our community. This, this little thing, this little kimono, um, I actually, I'm the worst giveaway winner ever. Um, but there is a incredible, beautiful little boutique in Sherwood Park yes. who has the most amazing, unique, beautiful clothing and accessories and all the things. Um, Real Spirit Boutique in Sherwood Park. Um, I won this little yeah. kimono and it's, I love it. But I mean, <laughs> pandemic, COVID, being in quarantine, I really don't look like this a lot of the time. You don't <laughs> so dress I up? Just, I didn't dress up and I wanted to make sure I wore it today because it's the most comfortable uh, thing. Cute. It's one of my favorite colors. I love it. Um, so I wanted to mention it today that um, that little boutique exists in Sherwood Park and uh, they are wonderful there. And I love yeah, them. So. And we definitely, I love them. I've been shopping there for years. Um, and Billy is great. She's so uh, great. Definitely, there's a boho kind of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. But there's also, like, business. And it's just really beautiful, unique pieces, like you said. And um, varying price points. She always has incredible sales. Uh, her, her and Kathy are, like, they're just so helpful. It's just the cutest, sweetest, warmest place to go. And you're going to find something that you love so make sure that you have money in your bank account when you go shopping there because you're going to leave with something and yes. we these aren't paid why would these be we're so big we're, we're so big that these are not no we're just going to talk about what we love because it's super important and uh we really love our community we and do. love conversations and we will be doing this again. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Um, and I will play us out. Is Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. How Please. could I not? I know. Just a second. That's not fair. This is the way. I was, what? I, I was being, I was being like, I was being really professional. Okay. So I'm going to play us out. Um, but we will post our, our quotes. And if you have any questions, DM us. Uh, DM, slide into our DMs. <laughs> slide in to our DMs. And um, who knows what we're, you never know where we're going to go. Like I said, we have no sense of direction. We don't. We're, and we would love to hear from you, all of our followers. It's yes. so big in the world. <laughs> if you have any ideas of what you want to hear us talk about, you know what to do. Yes. And you know what? This is like, honestly, we're really enjoying this. We just love our conversations and we, we felt like this would be a great place to do it. Oh, oh, I do not like 
that. Okay, whatever, Reyna. Oh, oh, wait, wait. I'm going back to. Okay, so we. <laughs> you look a bit like Uncle Jay. <laughs> okay. Coffee talk conversation with a couple of pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. We loved having you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm out. <laughs>